Hey, what's good? Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Mid-South Boogaloo Podcast, a podcast that serves as an educational, creative, informative, and intellectual space for African-Americans and Latinos alike, an effort to encourage unity, peace, knowledge, and creativity. And I'm your host, Alexander Parker. Bueno, tú sabes, tú sabes. Empezamos. Um, all right, and let me go ahead and introduce myself uh, for you guys to know me a bit more and also to explain why I made this podcast in the first place. And so, as I, as I mentioned before, my name is Alexander Parker. Some of you that are listening may know me as Pele or Pile, referring to the soccer player Pele from Brazil. And then there's also New Shirt. Hey, what's up, New Shirt? What's up, bro? It's just those are two of many nicknames that I've been given as I've been living here in Memphis. And I am a journalism student here in Memphis, Tennessee. And I am also a local percussionist and artist. And so I was born in Miami and raised in Memphis pretty much, but also I spent a good number of years about in different parts of Mississippi, like South Haven, Horn Lake, Olive Branch. I spent maybe three years or so in um, Starkville and uh, came back to Memphis. And it wouldn't be until December 2015 where I would go to Florida again and reconnect with my family after 15 years of no contact, uh, particularly with my mother's side of the family. And most of them are either directly from or have ties to uh, to Limon, Costa Rica. That's a part of Costa Rica where they have a lot of uh, Jamaican influence. Also Chinese and Italian, but but primarily Jamaican influence. When I finally reconnected with my family again, I realized that I'm not just an African-American, but this Latino, Hispanic, and Caribbean cultures, they're, they're also a part of me too. This is also something that's that's a part of me. You can say I'm sort of a real life Miles Morales. <laughs> that's cool. And so when I came back, when I came back to Memphis, I started wanting to speak Spanish again, watching telenovelas, telenovelas like Esclava Blanca, which is a historical fiction kind of story taking place in colonial Colombia and Celia, which is about the life of the famous Cuban singer Celia Cruz. And she is known as the queen of salsa music. I started looking up things like Spanish phrases, slang based on country or region, grammatical rules, vowel sounds, and even phonemes. In addition, I would pick a percussion and really become fond of it. And to this day, it's one of my primary ways of expressing myself. I will learn about drums, such as the tambor alegre from Colombia, which is played in gaita and uh, cumbia music also in bulletinga music, to congas, which are recognizable in Latin jazz and salsa, and cha-cha, mambo, to the West African djembe, which is my first drum ever, the first percussion instrument that uh, began my journey in music and percussion. With a djembe, I would jam and play music and do events with the Memphis Drum Tribe, a local drum circle group, which I became a member during my times of MCA, the Memphis College of Art. There's some really kind, compassionate, Talented people in the Memphis Jump Tribe. Scott Sherman, Debbie Ford, Michael Owen, Michael Allen, Rosa Menas, Ivan Santos, Michael Stams, Karen, Samunday, all of you guys. Playing music and events organized by professor and percussionist Ivan Santos in his 
Memphis Heartbeat Latidos Community Project. It led to my first experience in a band as I played music with David Holguin from L.A., a guitarist, and then he made the Latin jazz band called Off the Cuff. And it was short-lived, uh, and it was a you know experimental band, but it was one of the most joyous times of my life. I had a really, really good time. Looking back at this time, I just enjoy the whole process, everything that went down, meeting talented people like Freeman Stortz and Anthony Thompson and Catherine and Alejandro Paredes and S.J. Bennett. It was an honor to perform with all of you, and I'm glad I had this special moment with you all. And later on, I would play music with Maddie Thomas, Courtney Green, and Catherine Dohan in Kimberly Baker's play called Neuroplastic City. And then I started hearing about this place called Rumble Room in downtown, and eventually I went there. Now, at first, my good friend Kaylee would take me to the Rumble Room, but then eventually, as I was, this was around the same time I was playing music with Off the Cuff. And after I, after we performed, I would just go straight there, and I would be like, "Hey, I'm gonna go ahead and dance, man. I'm gonna dance night away." And it became like this this playground for me. And I just have a lot of memories in this place. It's, I pretty much like grew up <laughs> at uh that Rumble Room downtown. Just have a lot of memories there, like some good, some bad, some silly. From moments of sadness to moments of brotherhood to to meeting and dancing with beautiful women to dates to rejection. Times of, you know, people giving me advice, be it either dance advice or life advice to networking to I've met teachers, carpenters, ballet dancers, financial advisors, people that used to be in the Navy or the Army or even gamers and comedians. And I also met my current girlfriend there. Shout out to Bay. And so the Rumble Room, it's been my main social spot and has led to a lot of things, a lot of opportunities. By the way, please check out Rumble Room. And to give you some context, the Rumble Room, or you might say the Rumba Room, is a local Latin bar here in Memphis in downtown. Tu sabes, me encanta bailar y sentir la música. But they do have great food, featuring food from Latin America, from Cuba, from Puerto Rico, from Venezuela, from Guatemala, Peru, Mexico, Colombia, and much more. Please check them out. You won't be disappointed. And now for the purpose of the podcast. And so as I was investing more and more into salsa dancing and salsa music, I realized who Fania were. Uh, great music, by the way. Fania Records. For those who are unfamiliar, it is F-A-N. IA Records, which was acquired by Concord in 2018, which Concord also owns Stacks. And essentially, they're an equivalent to Motown. They're um, a Latin Motown. In Motown, you have Marvin Gaye, Diana Ross, The Temptations, Malcolm Jackson. As Fania has Celia Cruz, Hector Lavoe, Johnny Pacheco, um, Ismael Miranda, Willie Colon, Eddie Parmeri, Tito Puente. And they were known for salsa, Latin boogaloo, which is very, very important. And I'll get to it in a second. Um, Latin jazz, guajira, charanga, mambo, cha-cha. They have a pretty long list of genres that they, that they produce. Salsa music is really interesting because you find out that it's not from, it's not from Puerto Rico. It's not from Cuba. It has roots from those places, but it's not from there. It's not from Mexico. It's from right here in the U.S., right in New York City, the streets of New York City. And Estados Unidos, and Nueva York, and La Calle. And we see artists like Mark Anthony and Victor Manuel and others that continue the legacy of salsa. And back to Fania, 
you find out that a lot of these, a lot of the musicians from Fania, they grew up with jazz, with funk and R&B. They grew up with traditional African-American music. And in this particular place and time in New York, in the 1960s and 1970s, a cultural exchange took place between African-Americans and Latinos, which brings me to what is Boogaloo, or some may call Latin Boogaloo, others may call Shingaling or Latin Soul. And also, I want to clarify that whenever I mention Boogaloo in this episode, and in this podcast in general, it is not referencing the uh, the right-wing movement which took that word Boogaloo. Boogaloo, the way I'm using it, is not tied to them at all. I'm not in support of them at all. What I am talking about is the music Boogaloo. And moving on. So the story behind Latin Boogaloo, it's very interesting. Uh, I feel like it's a, it's an untold story. It's a story that has almost been lost, I feel like, and a story that hasn't been shared enough, not until recently. And uh, there's this amazing documentary, which I recommend to everybody. Everybody listening now uh, should check this out. Uh, it's called We Like It Like That, named after the popular song I Like It Like That by Pete Rodriguez. And a lot of us have heard Cardi B's song I Like It Like That, which is a remix of Pete Rodriguez's I Like It Like That song. And then there was also there's also like a, a version by Tito Nuevez, I think. Uh, but I prefer Pete's. I prefer Pete's. That's like an all time classic. And the documentary came out relatively recently uh, in 2015. And you can check it out on YouTube or on Amazon. Um, you can rent it or buy it. And anyway, it is super interesting. It tells it goes into it. It tells the history. It tells you about how in the 1950s there was Mambo and Mambo like jazz. And by the way, Mambo has a lot of jazz elements. Mambo like jazz was played in a formal setting. And fast forward 10 years later in the 1960s, they were younger Latino musicians. And this younger generation was willing to mix the different sounds, sounds uh, like doo-wop, like funk, like R&B, rock and roll with the cha-cha and the San Motuno and the Latin sounds. And at the same time, having Spanish and English lyrics in their songs and then doing all of that in an informal setting. And then bada bing, bada boom, you get Latin boogaloo, you get Latin soul. It's one of the most interesting things I've ever learned about just to see that era of, of experimentation and seeing the, the, the younger generation try new things and apply what they heard and just trying things out. It's, just, it's very exciting to me. I love that. Love it. And additionally, as a young person, this is inspiring and, and motivating to always keep trying new things and and challenge the the old. That's what the young always do. The young always they always expand what the previous generation laid out. OK, and let me bring back the focus on why you're listening right now. OK, when? OK, so with that little background I just gave Mid-South Boogaloo, in the spirit of all of that, Boogaloo being a crossover genre from the 1960s era in New York, I wanted to make a safe space for African-Americans and Latinos, two groups that I'm a part of, my father being African-American from Brooklyn, New York, and my mother being Afro-Costa Rican. I wanted to make a space where these two groups, these two groups that I feel a lot of love for and that I'm proud to be a part of, to learn more about each other, to continue on this historical collaboration with Boogaloo being the prime, the prime example of this collaboration. This is an attempt to bring unity, especially in times like these times where people don't feel as motivated due to COVID-19 and the 
political separation that has happened in the recent years in the United States. And so I do hope that this brings about good things, bring people together. Nosotros tenemos que hacer esto juntos. También, también, recuerde que siempre podemos aprender unos de otros. We have to do this together. And also, we must remember that we can always learn from one another. And by the way, one of the books I'm reading right now is called The Creative Spark by Agustin Fuentes. And the book is about human evolution, and the, history, the history of humanity. And there's a part of the book that I like. And he goes, many animals cooperate behavior on those that share similar genes with them, their relations, their kin. But humans extend the scope of cooperation well beyond. We cooperate with friends, collaborators, strangers, other species, and even enemies upon occasion. And he goes on to say, we don't always get along, but when we do, we achieve greatness. You know, that reminds me of the Sermon on the Mount in the Bible, where Jesus is on the mountaintop and says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your neighbors and pray for those who persecute you. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? As you can see, there are multiple sources that say that it's best for humans to work together. It is highly beneficial for people to work together. Not just people that share a language or a culture, but people that are different from each other, even our enemies. And that is an amazing trait of humanity. In addition to encouraging unity, peace, and creativity, I also want to use this podcast to promote Black-owned businesses, Latino-owned businesses, and just local businesses in general in the Mid-South area. 